It's Wednesday, January 31st, 2018. Welcome back to the Ion College Basketball Podcast. i got Matt Norland here with me. And on the last podcast, you might remember, uh, we both predicted that North Carolina, though struggling on a two-game losing streak, would snap its two-game losing streak on Tuesday night in a game at Clemson. Like usual, we were both wrong. They, you don't... That's how you end up with like a 45% hit rate on your expert picks on CBSSports.com. <laughs> So North Carolina now has a three-game losing streak for the first time in more than four years. Norlander, are you concerned? Or, hey, they played a nationally ranked team on the road, lost by four. What's the big deal? Uh, Well, it's all a matter of perspective. I didn't expect North Carolina to be a team competing for a Final Four this season. Uh, And now it's 16-7 with a 5-5 mark in the ACC. Um, it's actually getting to the point where you can have concern if you thought that UNC was a top 10, top 15 team. I believe this team was ranked in the top 15 in the preseason. I don't know if it was quite AP top 10 or not. Um, but I will give credit to the fact that they were playing a Clemson team that's going to make the NCAA tournament since first time since 2011. That was Brad Brownell's first season with the Tigers. This run this season is going to save his job with the Tigers. Uh, and... This was also a Clemson team, obviously fairly hell-bent on getting the win that it could not get in Chapel Hill all of two weeks ago. And Carolina played well, uh, all things considered. It was shorthanded. Um, we had news come out uh, earlier on Tuesday uh, that Jalik Felton is out, uh, has been suspended by the school. The exact details of that remain to be under absolute clarity, but he does have a representation right now at the moment, according to reports out of North Carolina, um, that his representation right now is uh, is of a person that was also someone who represented um, previous North Carolina athletes who faced accusations of sexual misconduct. Don't know if that's the case with him. Uh, UNC obviously is not releasing any information at the moment, um, but on the heels of the Michigan State stuff, in fact, Roy Williams was asked about this after the game and said, I don't have any information, and uh, they wouldn't even want me to give you that even if I did. Um, he was specifically asked if this if this uh, removal by the school had to do with any sort of sexual uh, assault or misconduct or anything of the kind. Um, so we'll see where we get with that story. We just don't have any more details at this time. Uh, but he wasn't on the floor. Um, Pinson uh, was banged up. And so for UNC to be shorthanded and play as well as it did on the road actually was a pretty good sign for, for Carolina overall. Um, I thought they would win the game, but at the time I thought they'd have a, a more well-rounded roster if I knew they had who they had. Would have certainly picked the Tigers, as I'm sure you would have as well, GP. Um, closing thought on UNC is this team is probably going to be somewhere in the... Jeez, I mean, I would say at best five seed, at worst a ten seed. I think that's right now their spectrum. And if you make the second weekend, it's a win of a season. And by the way, that's totally okay. You made the national championship game the past two seasons. You won last year's championship, lost a lot of guys to the pros. All things considered with your roster issues right now, uh, Carolina's allowed to have this kind of season. And by the way, um, if NC State, just as a quick aside here, because I heard some state fans start chirping about this, and I don't think I don't think I mentioned this exact thing on the podcast previously. If NC State can win on Saturday at home against Notre 
Dame, and that's certainly a winnable game. NC State will be 16-7, and and you compare that with UNC at 16-7, and and their resumes are actually a lot closer than I think a lot of people realize. UNC gets the benefit and is considered a better uh, seed prospect right now for the pure fact that their non-conference schedule is so, so, so much better than NC State's. So that's why UNC's ahead. But actually, those two teams, while we didn't think of them within the same realm as it came to at-large consideration recently, one more win by the Wolfpack this weekend, and they will be, in my opinion, two seed lines at best separated, I would think, maybe three if you really broke down the bracket. Uh, first on Roy's uh, no comment on the Jalik Felton situation, this is where schools always uh, hide behind federal privacy laws. You know, they, they actually could get in trouble talking about this. It's why schools uh, um, hide behind federacy, federal privacy laws when it comes to academic stuff, which I always find hilarious because they're always anxious to tell you when somebody's got a 4.0. That is also, by the way, in violation of federal privacy laws. <laughs> like the, the law isn't that you can't discuss somebody's bad academics, but you can discuss their good academics. It's just that uh, schools always discuss the good. And when you try to ask about the bad, they say federal privacy laws. We can't get into it. But uh, in this obviously very serious situation, um, I, I I think Roy is is being told you you say nothing I, and and it's and that's probably the right thing to do, but as you pointed out, uh, Jalik Felton's representation is somebody who has represented uh, North Carolina student athletes in the past who have been um, accused uh, of of sexual assault or sexual misconduct, and so. Um, if you want to start connecting some dots, uh, I'll let you start connecting some dots. Um, there's a lot of context clues here. Um, North Carolina in general, they were preseason top 10. They were ranked ninth in the AP poll and ninth in the coaches poll back in the preseason. I think we had them slightly lower than that in the top 25 and one. And the reason I thought was, was always pretty obvious. Um, they lost four of their top five scores from that national championship team, you know, namely Justin Jackson, Kennedy Meeks, Isaiah Hicks, and Tony Bradley. Uh, if they'd have brought back Tony Bradley, I really do think that they would have been a legitimate Final Four contender because he was, I think, positioned to have a, a real breakthrough season. But, you know, he became a one-and-done guy. And so they ended up losing four of their top five scores. Then they added Cam Johnson, the pit transfer, and that's nice. And he's been nice. But they only added one top 100 high school prospect, and that was Jalik Felton. And now he's suspended. But even before that, he was only averaging 2.9 points per game and had been – I hate the I hate the word doghouse, but he had been in, in Roy's doghouse much of this season. Roy had um, – I, I think some comments I read from him at some points essentially said – and this is, a, this is about the harshest you'll ever hear him be about an individual player. He just – yeah, he said, yeah, he's super talented. He does some things that are – that only somebody as talented as, as Jalik can do. But if you can't stay in front of the ball on the defensive end of the court, if you can't turn, if you can't take care of the ball on the offensive end of the court, like you can't play like everything else is a non-starter. If you can't guard your position. And when we put the ball in your hands, you give it to the other team, then it doesn't matter how talented you are. If you can't do those two things, you can't be on the court. And so he has, his minutes had been limited um, big time. And again, he was only averaging 2.9 points per game before he was suspended by the university. So, I guess I'd bottom line it this way. How good are you supposed to be when you lose four of your top five scores, only add one top 100 recruit, and he doesn't really bring anything to you? 
Like maybe this is what you're supposed mm-hmm. to be. Now, I will say big picture, uh, the resume is still pretty good. As I pointed out in the updated top 25 of one, they still got three teams, uh, three wins over teams that I have also ranked in the top 25 and one. So they've got quality wins. They've beaten um, Michigan. They've beaten, which is nationally ranked. They've beaten Ohio State, which is nationally ranked. And the same Clemson team they lost to on Tuesday night, they had beaten earlier in January, 87-79, at the Dean Smith Center. So they have three uh, top 25 and one wins right there, three wins over nationally ranked opponents there. And though they have seven losses, only two of them are outside of the top 50. Um, They're both bad. Uh, The home loss to Wofford, really bad. Uh, The home loss in overtime to NC State, not good. Uh, but I, I looked this up earlier. The last time North Carolina lost three straight games, we established on the last podcast during an impromptu trivia time that it was in January 2014. After that, they went on to win 13 of their next 14 games, and they ended up being a sixth seed uh, in the NCAA tournament. My point being, Roy Williams has been in this position before. Um, and it worked out well for him. They got bounced in the second round of the tournament. But like you said, like what was this season supposed to be when you lose four of your top five scores? You only had one top 100 high school prospect, and he is mostly irrelevant and ends up uh, two days left in January suspended by the university. Like maybe this is just supposed to be what this is. Plus, though Luke May has been tremendous, like let's be honest, Luke May should probably never be the leading scorer, best player at a program like North Carolina. I mean, that's that's not a shot, is it? That's fair, right? I no, mean, you... I mean you can allow for certain players to <laughs> to become much better than expected, and and you never know. But if you're speaking broadly, yes, I think UNC fans would agree. Uh, you know, if, if Luke May is our best player, ideally that's not our best situation. And in fact, I think Joel Berry uh, should be that team's best player, and maybe overall is that team's best player. But quick aside, Parrish, ultimately, like Carolina fans, just. Take the win that you got this season when you were totally absolved of anything by the NCAA. All this is house money for the rest of the season. Like, yeah, it's probably frustrating that the team's not quite as good, and now you realize that your ceiling is certainly your ceiling is second weekend at best. But your program's not facing any sort of uh, national championship vacated titles. It's not facing postseason bans. Roy isn't facing any sanctions or anything like that. And that you got that is is a win enough of itself. Just take the season for what it is, and then move on and see what next year brings. Yeah, I think that's a good way to look at it. Like this has, if you look back at 2017-18, in April 2017, you win a national championship. Then you get cleared by the NCAA. Uh, Recruiting seems to be going uh, better with the NCAA cloud now removed from the equation. Uh, There's an FBI investigation that you don't seem to be a part of. Like, like things are pretty good, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, focus on the bright side. And also, again, the big picture resume that North Carolina's put together is also pretty good. I know that once you are 16 and four, you don't plan to be 16 and seven with two losses to unranked teams. I got it. But big picture, I'm still 16 and seven with three top 25 wins. I uh, got a home game with Pitt coming up this weekend. If there's ever a way to, to snap a losing streak, that's the way to do it. Get a home game against Pitt. And then um, and then you get Duke inside the Dean Smith Center next Thursday, and you win that one, and uh, nobody will care about a, a close road loss where Theo Pinson um, was injured and did, in the first half and did not return. Nobody will care about that uh, anymore. Now, meantime, while North Carolina was losing at Clemson, Auburn was losing at Ole Miss. And now – this is just incredible. 
The Tigers, after losing two starters in the preseason to the FBI investigation, are 20-2 and two overall, 8-1 and one in the SEC. And because Florida lost at Georgia, and then Georgia got a shout-out on Twitter from Quavo, which I thought I was great. I admit I missed that entirely. <laughs> he was like, nice win by the dogs over Florida. Do you Florida. follow Quavo on Twitter? I do not follow Quavo on Twitter, but somebody retweeted Quavo into my time. I love, I like, I can appreciate Quavo. Quavo! Okay. I can appreciate Quavo. I can, I can appreciate Offset. I can appreciate what Cardi B does to Offset. You know what she does to Offset? I have no idea. Well, you're gonna have to look that up because I don't think it's it's appropriate for a PG rated <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but she, uh, in her latest hit, uh, she she explains exactly what she does to Offset. All right. Exactly what she puts on Offset. Interesting. Well, Auburn's twenty and two and eight and one in the league. They've got a two game lead uh, in the conference right now. Bruce Pearl versus Tony Bennett versus Matt Painter, National Coach of the Year. Is that the three way race we got going on right now? Uh, Chris Holtman. Holtman as well, but Holtman, I don't know if he'll beat out Painter in his own conference. That's fair. I would. Pro- here's the. Here's what it's going to come down to. It's probably Bruce Pearl. I mean, right now it's probably Bruce Pearl. It's probably, but Virginia was not ranked in the preseason and has a claim to the number one overall seed right now in the country. That, I would think being and pit- will and will affiliation with the FBI prevent? Not that it that's sure would. What I, that's what I was going to bring up. Like that's what it's going to come down to. How do you feel? It might just come down to. Let me be clear. Like Auburn could lose some games down the stretch. Virginia runs through the ACC, yeah. wins it by multiple games, gets a one seed, and it's very easy. Unranked Virginia in the preseason goes on to be a one seed. Uh, all praise to Tony Bennett. You're just but- missing Painter and Purdue again. You do not like any team more than you hate Purdue it's in, it's just ridiculous. I will say this Purdue is awesome clearly but Purdue was supposed to be good lost arguably a top two player of the year candidate last season has come back and is a number one seed right now and lost definitely a top two player of the year candidate but was still ranked where 20th in the AP preseason AP poll yeah, no, for sure. I'm just. I think Painter's got a got a case here if they win the Big Ten. But anyway, I agree. I, I, I agree. I, if 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 Purdue and Virginia are both one seeds, and Auburn slips a little bit, I actually wonder if uh, you know Bennett just won it a couple years ago, Coach of the right. Year. I wonder if Painter might get it. It's, it should. It'll be interesting. We got plenty of games still to decide this. Didn't mean to interrupt you like that. Continue. Yeah. Here, no. Here's what I would say. Um, let's 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 establish that there's. Four guys that have serious coach of the year uh, resumes, and, and there's there's clearly more. There's I mean, more, I think, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's just let's talk about these four. Okay, Holtman might lose to to Painter in his own league, but I I don't think you can overstate how impressive it is he is to to take it is for him to take a roster that was so bad on paper that they fired Thad Mata. Like, that's why Thad Mata got fired. They thought, we, we, you know, the athletic director, Gene Smith, looked at the roster and said, okay, this roster is not good enough to prevent us from having another bad season. And if we have another bad season, I'm going to pull the trigger. So I might as well just go ahead and pull the trigger now. That's what happened. And Chris Holtman's taken that same roster and turned it into um, a top 20 team. So that's super impressive. Purdue, also super impressive. They do lose Caleb Swanigan, uh, a guy who, a top two candidate for National Player of the Year. And they are rolling through the Big Ten. 
and rolling everybody since Thanksgiving. What I would say is that rolling through the ACC is more impressive than rolling through a not good Big Ten. But either way, uh, both jobs are, are phenomenal. And then there's Bruce Pearl, who I want to look this up. Uh, where was Auburn picked in the preseason SEC poll? Do you even know? I don't, but we, we mentioned this on the last podcast. I think you said ninth, and I think that's about right. I think they were would have been no higher than eight and no lower than ten. That's me guessing, but... And if I remember correctly, that's with... Purifoy yes, and Wiley that, projected that to be on the roster. Um, I think it was. Well, the FBI thing broke on September 26th. So actually, I, well, I don't – well, maybe, yes, maybe because of this. The FBI story breaks on the 26th of September, but they don't announce right. the players until after the SEC preseason poll comes out. And so we're uncertain. They might have been uncertain about the roster. So that might have been why. Okay. So Auburn is picked ninth. I just looked it up in the preseason SEC poll. And that's with their, that's under the assumption that they will have a full roster available. Then they lose two starters. And now they are ranked ninth at Ken Palm, 20 and two overall, and eight and one in the SEC with a two game lead over everybody else in the SEC. After Georgia beat Florida and got a shout out from Quavo, that's insane. To be to, to be in a league with Kentucky, with Florida, and and st- and Texas A and M, which at one point was a top five team, and be entering February with a two game lead in the SEC standings. Not to mention, like this isn't like Duke lost two starters, Carolina lost two starters, uh, K- uh, Kentucky lost two starters in the pre. This is Auburn. Like, you're never supposed to be at the top of the SEC at Auburn anyway. But then to do it in a season where you lost two starters and two of your best, if not your two best players, that is coach of the year stuff. It's just that there will be some people, because every time I tweet something positive about Auburn, somebody tweets something negative about Bruce Pearl, FBI investigation. I mean, it's just that's part of the story as well. And, And perhaps it should be. But if he doesn't get the proper vote, I guess I'd put it this way. There will be people who wouldn't vote for him because of the FBI investigation. And maybe they have a point. I don't know. That's potentially on the table. I wouldn't necessarily dispute that. Um, it is it is hard to account for. Um, they've simply been pretty good. I don't think they're great at anything. I've probably watched five or six Auburn games in full or nearly in full. And... You know, Mustafa Heron is a good player. Um, I like the sophomore they got, uh, Jared Harper. Solid player. Uh, Deshaun Murray's been good. I, I kind of watch them, and it's just they're really fairly well coached, and they will definitely run with you. They absolutely capitalize off the fact that they are well-conditioned. They're really good in transition, and they are they're winning uh, – Sometimes because of that, because if you can stall them into the half court, that's when they actually look like, okay, this is just an okay team. Uh, when they really can get moving, that's when they're good. In fact, hold on, GP, let me bring up their schedule. Yeah, okay, so they had, I knew it, yeah, so they hit 90 in two of their past three games, and then they've hit 80-plus in a lot of their wins here. Damn, they dropped 119 on Winthrop back in November. Um, that's, what, that's what Winthrop deserved, though. <laughs> Yeah, certainly. Uh, but yeah, twenty and two, and you know, 
I'm glad we just mentioned it. I don't, I don't know if we need to get into a total deep dive here on Auburn, but let's just recognize that after last night, they have a two-game lead in the SEC. They're 20-2 and two overall. They're just flaring to a two-seed at this point in the tournament, and it's, it's remarkable in particular because the SEC uh, statistically right now is having its best season in well over half a decade, well over that. Well, that's the other thing. They're winning a league by multiple games that could end up with more NCAA tournament bids than any other league in America that just beat the Big 12 in the SEC Big 12 Challenge, and Auburn wasn't even involved in the SEC right. Big 12 Challenge. So uh, I, I've had a lot of people, by the way, ask me, so what do you, you know, does that make you think less of the Big 12? Th- those challenges, Big 10 ACC, SEC, uh, Big 12, whatever, they're not actually good for determining which is the better league. It just comes down to the actual matchups of games, which are random. I mean, they're not completely random, but they're not they're not matched up based on anything that's happened in this season. They were matched up for other reasons like a year ago. And um, then where are those games played? You know, like that 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 determines who wins these challenges. So no, um, it doesn't mean that the SEC is better than the Big 12. But if I were running the SEC, I would point to it and scream about it uh, at every opportunity uh, because it is another indication that this league is different this year uh, than it's been in most other years. And I know that – because I'm, I'm sort of with you. They, like When you watch Auburn, you don't you don't walk away going, oh, wow, I wouldn't want to deal with them. Like sometimes you watch Virginia and you go, I wouldn't want to play Virginia. Sometimes you watch Duke and you go, I wouldn't want to deal with Duke. I wouldn't want to deal with uh, Wendell Carter and Marvin Bagley. But when you watch Auburn, I don't think you go, I don't – know what we would do with with that team but they just win they just win all most almost all of their games and in a year where you know basically everybody and purdue fans always want me to point this out so i will except for purdue basically everybody takes uh road losses um they win on the road way more often than they lose i mean they've, they've got that one road loss at alabama but they've won at murray state They've won at Dayton. They've won at Tennessee. They've won at Mississippi State. Smash Missouri at Missouri, and then go win by nine points uh, over a top seventy-five Ole Miss team uh, last night. That's not easy to do. You know, teams are slipping up on the road all the time, and yet um, it really—it's only happened to to Auburn once so far uh, this season. So twenty and two, eight and one in the SEC, and and probably now headed toward uh, an SEC championship. Meantime. Trey Young got 44 points last night after uh, public, publicly expressing frustration at the idea that he is now criticized no matter what. If he takes too many shots, people are on his ass. If he doesn't take enough shots, people are on him. Is that true, by the way? Is Trey Young reached the point where he's criticized no matter what? Or is he just, for the first time in his life, dealing with the extremes of, of big, big attention yeah uh i don't think he's criticized no matter what he's a point of discussion no matter what hasn't hit that yet but he is getting tremendous training for the nba because this is what the top 10 to 12 uh nba players of of renown deal with almost on an every game basis whether that's locally or nationally and trey young will enter the nba as the uh as the rookie with more attention on him even though he will not go first probably not second or third um in the draft you're probably gonna have the bigs go there 
those guys will get plenty of attention as well and, and, and a big microscope, but Trey is the star here. He is the star of, of college basketball season, and if anything, this is a, a really good uh, test run for him, a dress rehearsal for the kind of stuff he's going to have to deal with because it will probably intensify at the next level even though he is not going to be the same kind of star in the NBA in his first and second seasons that he is in college basketball. This is, uh, this is really good for him. He went for 44, got his average back up above 30. He's actually just floating on a game-by-game basis. He's, he's going between like 29.5 and, and 30.5 and points for an average. Um, last season we had uh, – oh, I'm blanking on the guy's name, but uh, – uh, what was his name? He averaged exactly 30.0 points per game. It was the first time in like 25, 26 years, I think, that any NBA, uh, college player had averaged 30 or more in a season. Now Trey is threatening to do that in back-to-back seasons. That kind of thing was uh, basically unheard of um, until just now. His name? Who was it? Mark- I know it, but I forget it. Marcus Keene. Marcus Keene. There we go. Central Michigan, if I remember correctly. Correct. Central Michigan, yes. There we go. Did you write about him because he's like five foot nine? I would. I will. Right now, he's like the 2016-17 version of you know who. D-D. The great, the great, the great, the legend. DD. He shouts to Devin Downey, to Chester, South Carolina, to Terry M. F. and Teagle. Nice story, by the way, in the state newspaper. Somebody tweeted at us oh, I saw that. A, a profile of the legend DD Devin Downey. So if you haven't checked that out yet, you certainly Absolutely. should. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Oklahoma got – it was a very entertaining game. That was the game of the night, in my opinion, even though Kentucky-Vanderbilt was wacky and Vandy absolutely blew that game. That would have been just brutal on Kentucky's resume if they had lost that game. The most entertaining game, in my opinion, was Oklahoma versus Baylor, a 98-96 win for the Sooners. Trey goes for 44, also gets nine dimes. Had six turnovers. Two of those were ill-advised. He just cannot dodge those every game. He's just got a pair of them at least that are pretty bad. But shot well, 55% from the field. 44 and 20 shots is uh, plenty efficient, if you ask me. And a nice home win for the Sooners, who are obviously trying to – to, to stay near the top of the Big 12 so they can get um, uh, a pretty solid seed overall. I'll wrap with this. Um, no matter what seed Oklahoma gets, um, they're going. They're, they're not going to be a one. They won't be a two, and they probably won't be a three. Maybe they'll be a three. They'd have to win. If they won out a lot, they could get a three. But like, let's say they're a four or a five or potentially a six. They'll be the trendiest four, five, or six picks of the Final Four ever. Because of how well they score on offense, because of Trey Young, they'll never have been a team that will be more widely projected to reach the Final Four from the 4, 5, or 6 line than Oklahoma this season. It's an absolute lock. You know, they've been a little bit up and down in recent weeks. They went through that stretch where they lost 3 of 4. I believe they're now 2 and 3 in their past five games. But still, at this moment, 6 and 3 in the Big 12, which is alone in second place, one game back. Uh, of Kansas, of course. So, like, that's just the way that league's going to be. Like, even if Kansas wins it outright, I bet Kansas ends up with, like, five Big 12 losses. And so, um, you know, we're going to go through these stretches where – and, you know, West, West Virginia's in one right now, right? West Virginia's lost four of five. West Virginia probably still a legitimate top 15 team in America. They've just lost four of five because some of it's just – uh, you know, didn't play as well as you should have played. Like you gave that game back to Kentucky, but some of it is just the schedule you're being asked to play. If you're a member uh, of this league, Iowa state is outside of the top 100 Oklahoma state's outside of the top 70, but the other eight teams in that league are all 
uh, in the top 50 at Ken Palm right now and all still have a chance to to, to make the NCAA Baylor's tournament. Baylor's going to some winning GP. I agree they with you. That, they needed that win, and they should have had it last night, to be honest. Uh, Trey made a few good plays late. But uh, Baylor is is uh, is really is really hurting here. They're going to have to steal, I think, at least at least one on the road in league play, if not two, and then not drop any home games. The only one that they can maybe afford to drop is against Kansas on the tenth at home. And if they drop that, they're going to need two road wins. So uh, Scott Drew's team, uh, both Drew brothers, took some tough losses last night. Yeah, I mean, they could, you just flip a couple of possessions, and the the Drews had a good night. Instead, it was um, it was not a great night. I, if you're asking for a prediction, I'll go seven from the Big Twelve. You know, the seven obvious ones: Oklahoma State doesn't make it, Iowa State doesn't make it, and Baylor doesn't make it. Because the even though the committee, um, you know, doesn't focus on league record uh, specifically in any sort of meaningful way, like they are two and seven in the league right now, and you know, you're not going to get in. You know they're projected to finish six. Ken Palm projects them to finish six and twelve in the Big Twelve. You're not getting in, into the NCAA tournament with a six and twelve league record. I don't care what league you're in. So um, yeah, I think it's probably going to be seven from the Big Twelve uh, with Kansas um, in a position to maybe get a a number one seed. But you're exactly right about Oklahoma because of how good they are offensively and because of Trey Young's ability to uh, really you know. It, 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 carry his team to a win it otherwise should not get just by shooting the ball like crazy they will be a trendy final four pick and i don't even think that's dumb no i don't I, either yeah like i might have them in my final four because um uh, we've said this before the cliche is defense wins championships and that might be true in some sports but it's not true in college basketball not true in that ncaa tournament in in in, in that tournament it is it's you got to be able to score the ball and uh, Oklahoma can can obviously do that. Before we get out of here, there was one development late last night. Um, the Colorado State beat reporter reported that uh, the university is questioning coaches and players individually about the behavior slash conduct of Larry Eustace. If this sounds familiar, it should. Back in the 2013-14 season, Colorado State also um, has, it, invest- has it been that long? Wow. Yeah, it was, it was 2013-14. They also investigated Eustachie's conduct. Um, the athletic director actually recommended that the school terminate him for cause. The president reportedly at the time didn't think they had what they needed to terminate for cause, which means we're not going to eat this contract so he can keep coaching our program. We'll put him in anger management classes, which they actually did. Like he went to anger management classes. Um the other thing worth pointing out at that time, he was coming off a 26-win season, uh, in which he won a game in the NCAA tournament, uh, beat Missouri, and then lost to Louisville in the round of 32. Uh, things are a little different right now at Colorado State. They went uh, eight and ten in the Mountain West last year, finished 18 and six uh, two years ago, finished 18 and 16. Uh, last year, 24 and 12 in the uh, Mountain West Conference, did not make the NCAA tournament, and right now they are sitting at 10 and 13 overall. Three and seven, and my point being, uh, sometimes your conduct can be overlooked if you happen to be winning games at a high level. Uh, but when you are sitting there with a three and seven league mark, um, that's where they might be looking for something, perhaps not without merit, but they might be anxious to find it and try to actually terminate for cause because suddenly Larry's not winning as much as he as he used to. I guess I'd say this: How many times can your own school investigate you for conduct? That seems just Weird, right? It does. I mean, we don't hear this about any other schools. Like, can you name another coach in 
in college basketball who's been investigated twice by his own university? No, and they're not. That league in general might be ripe for some turnover for either just uh, coaches moving on to bigger jobs or other ones getting fired. I would I would think there's going to be a change there. I mean, I don't I can't speak to uh, specifically what might be going on. I don't have any sort of inside information as to what's up with Eustachy there. Uh, very uh, story laden career for Eustachy. Uh, plenty sure. of things not good. Um, I cannot believe that it w- that was 2013 14. Like it was that long ago. If you would have asked me. I might have said 2015-16. Like I, I, I thought it was much more recent than that. I can't believe it's been that long since uh, that story because I remember kind of trying to dig around and figure out what was going on there. Um, it just it, clearly, it, it seems like it's it's going to be time here to uh, to move on. The question could become whether or not Eustachy, uh gets uh, removed in season or if they if they wait until uh, after the season. But I guess uh, I guess we wait on that. Uh, Overall. Yeah, it seems like a, a change is probably coming one way or another. But uh, yeah, you said it well. A, a, a career that has created a lot of headlines, mm-hmm. um, only only some of which have anything to do with actually coaching uh, college basketball. But uh, uh, we'll follow that story and see where it goes. Please go subscribe to the Island College Basketball Podcast if you haven't done that already. Rated favorably, five stars with nice comments. Uh, and uh, you guys have been terrific about that. It does matter in ways that um, uh, that uh, have an impact on all sorts of things connected to the podcast. So please, uh, if you just got a couple of seconds, go subscribe to the podcast, rate it favorably, uh, type some nice comments, and then we will talk to you again Uh, on Friday. That's when we'll preview uh, what should be another busy weekend of college basketball. So uh, till then, take care.